Welcome to Restart Radio. I'm Dave Pickering and I make podcasts. And one of those podcasts is this one, the Restart Podcast. And usually on this show, I take you to a restart party. But for today's episode, the Restart Project sent me on a road trip. And I spent the morning with a skilled technician whose job is to diagnose and repair broken electronics. The Restart Project is a London-based charity and social enterprise whose mission is to spark reflection and change in our relationship with gadgets. This is episode one in a two-part special where I share with you the recordings that I made when I travelled around South London with Steve in his van, learning about and observing appliance repair. So it's coming up for half past eight in the morning. It's one of the coldest days of the year so far, and I'm standing on a road quite near to Brixton Station, uh, waiting to meet uh, Steve the spin doctor uh, as regular listeners to the show will know i'm not very technically minded so i'm expecting to learn a lot and be confused possibly by a lot i can see a van that says the spin doctor on it so i'm thinking this is uh, the right van for me hello i'm dave nice to meet you dogs? Yeah, I'm, I love dogs. Oh, great. I'll introduce you very little. This is my friend. Oh, hello. You jump hello. Down. Jump down. Hello. Down. Yeah, he'll sit down there. He's totally cool. What's your dog's name again? Derek. Derek. Hello, Derek. <laughs> Basically, when we were kids, when we were silly children, we didn't, if we didn't, me and my friends, we didn't know someone's name. We would always call them Derek. Oh, that guy, you know that guy we've met before? What's his name? And then we go, that's Derek. <laughs> and when I got Derek eight years ago, I sent a, a text out to all of my friends and said, what should I call, my, call this dog? And they were like, everyone was like, Derek. <laughs> I was like, okay, there we go. I've got, I've got aircon in my van, but if I've had to leave him at home for the day, I, I don't feel as safe. Nothing bad's ever happened. But with him in the van, I feel secure. Like I've got someone watching my back. I'm Stephen Neal, I'm the spin doctor. I've been repairing domestic appliances for 22 years. I worked for the Electrolux group for 18 years. So I was going out doing 10 jobs a day, repairing appliances that are under warranty. And there are a lot of them because people don't make good appliances anymore, unfortunately. And then my old boss basically said to me, you're wasting your time working here, you should be working for yourself and made me redundant and it was the scariest moment of my life because I'd been employed since I was 16 bought a van my wife works in social media and marketing so she helped me set up Twitter, Facebook pages, website I've been going for four years now What have been some of the hurdles starting and building the business? Not having a salary (laughs) the key for any trade is you have to be on time, honest, reliable, polite. I'm the secretary, I'm the parts department, I'm the engineer, I'm the bookkeeper, I do everything. Right. I have an accountant, but 
fundamentally I run the whole company myself because I'm a one-man band you know a lot of people say to me oh you need a secretary but when I take a call I already know how to repair that appliance or if it's worth repairing in the first place so if I got a secretary they'd send me to Richmond to do a washing machine that's noisy on spin I'd get there and be oh the bearings have gone it's an uneconomical repair I can't expect someone to pay me a call-out charge when you're not going to do any work so that kind of doesn't work I've got the best job in the world i'm the luckiest man alive as far as i'm concerned because i get job satisfaction to every job i go to but it's a 24-hour job some people ring me at 10 o'clock at night because their school uniform's stuck in the washing machine and they've got to get their kids to school in the morning that's the hardest part of the job but apart from that the actual mechanical job side of it is the easiest thing in the world because i've done it for so long and i guess like you're providing a service to people that need that service people don't necessarily think of people in the repairs business as kind of being an emergency service or like looking after people That's but right. it sounds like you you're, you're very much embedded in people's real lives their real issues they need you right yeah. i guess the biggest change that i find amazing is even five years ago i would have someone call me up in tears because their washing machine isn't draining or the door won't open or you know something like that a catastrophe in their household that rarely happens anymore it's all about dishwashers family of five or a shared house that house will not function without their dishwasher because they've got used to it no one washes up and my phone might ring shortly and they'll say um have you got any availability now and i'll be like no no i'm booked up like a couple of days in advance well my dishwasher's not working and i'll think in my mind god can't you wash up for a couple of days but nope they need someone immediately right but the jobs we're doing this morning are going in to a house where they've already paid someone else to do a repair or do an installation and they've called a big company and that's the biggest no-no you're not going to get any quality in work whatsoever you call an independent out they're going to do the job properly there and then because they cannot afford to go back twice for one call out charge the first job we're going to now they've paid someone else to install a machine and it's jumping around the kitchen i haven't got a clue why yet but (laughs) yeah we'll work out when we get there So this is the road for the first first call. It's a new machine, and it's been installed by somebody else, and it's jumping around the kitchen. So it could be there's nothing wrong with the machine; it's the flooring or something like that. But the chances are, the chances are it's not been installed correctly. Hi. Hi. When you when it come out in the kitchen, what exactly was in it? Just like bedding. Do you have a couple of large towels I could use? Please? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you'd expect a midwife to say, not a, not uh, a washing a machine people, repair a person. people say, oh, like, a bowl and two large towels, and like, oh my God, you're giving birth. <laughs> okay, so Steve's taking the bottom panel away so you can have a look properly at the washing machine. Towels have arrived. Thank you. It was just weird, though, because the load wasn't any more than has been in there before, and it, wasn't, it was the same cycle that's been used before. It needs to be adjusted up at the front. It's front heavy. All of Steve's repairs have been quite significantly edited in order to make them shorter, so a lot more things happened, but they've been cut out. Uh, that's what the towels are for, to test. Yes. I see. There's no point checking the machine on spin empty, because it will be silent. <laughs> right, right, right. The way that Steve approaches diagnosing a fault in a machine is really methodical and almost machine-like in itself. He seems to go through a checklist that is in his head or maybe in his body because it's a very physical process that he goes through with the machines. Steve's taking a torch out of his toolkit and he's having a look behind. 
Just checking the floors okay at the back. And the way that he checks it and the whole space around it really carefully also reminds me of a detective in a crime series inspecting the crime scene. I'm now just checking it's draining as fast as it should be. If a washing machine doesn't drain quickly, it could go into a spin with too much water, i.e. twice the amount of weight in the drum that there should be, then it would go a bit bananas. You see it's going like that now, that's not distributed properly. There's a lot of movement there. But at the same time, as he's looking for clues, he's also so questioning the witness. When, when yeah. Uh, After adjusting a few things here and there that improved the machine's general situation... That's perfect. That's what, two thousand. That's doing a thousand. Steve still wasn't satisfied that it was sturdy enough. The washing machine's feet hadn't been installed properly and because some of the parts that should have come with the machine were missing, Steve couldn't make them flush. Well, you shouldn't have to. It's a brand new washing machine. But Steve had a hack to get around this bad installation. Have you got any cardboard? Uh, I've got some, a shoebox, would that work? I'll try it. Okay, grab it. I don't carry um, cardboard as spare parts on my van, unfortunately. Right, we've got the shoebox now. Technical repairs. <laughs> Although one shoebox wasn't enough, but that's okay because there were quite a lot of shoeboxes available. Steve ripped up the boxes, rolled up the card tightly and wedged it between the washing machine and the work surface so it could absorb the shock of the machine moving. It looks looks more like something you'd expect on Blue Peter. If it does the job, it does the job. Basically, first floor flat in a Victorian house is going to have wooden joists that all move. When they built these houses, they didn't intend to have a massive Beko washer-dryer on the first floor. Right. That wasn't part of the plan. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, the whole kitchen becomes the suspension. And finally, he tested it with another load of towels. That's it, that's done. The majority of my work is repairing things, but this morning, yeah, I've got two jobs where you're going in, basically just reinstalling something. Right. Um, which is fine because that's really easy. There's not, there's no fault finding involved, is there? You just look at it, visually see exactly what the problem is. Isn't right. Uh, and you, you're going for it. Oh, sorry. That's all right. You're you're on you're on a job. Don't worry about me. Just... Hello. Oh, hi, Deb. I called earlier about a quote for a repair. Yes. You called me back, and I'll bring you back. <laughs> okay. And this is it, um, this the hot point washing machine where there's door wax. I'm doing a job, but I'm also answering my phone. Yeah. And if I'm in a customer's house and my phone rings, I say to the customer, "Do you mind if I answer my phone?" I don't cut them off conversation but right. if I'm working because if I don't answer some people just ring and ring and ring and right. ring so I get five missed calls and then I have the chance of them leaving a message on social media saying well I called the spit doctor after hundreds of reviews but he doesn't answer his phone yes. so you have to answer the phone and 
is you heard me. I, I, I know what's wrong with the machine before I go there. Well, yeah, you helped her with a direct problem now, you know, in a way that some people, I imagine, wouldn't necessarily, because helping her out to fix a little That's bit right. of it might mean that she doesn't give I, you a call back in the end. I always... If, if a machine is repairable without an engineer's visit, I always trying to explain how to do it themselves because they're unbelievably thankful the spin doctors in their memory banks they'll go and do their school drop off or he'll go into his office and he'll say oh my god I, I spoke to the spin doctor earlier and he he didn't rip me off he didn't come out and charge me 45 pounds to do something that took 10 seconds he actually showed me how to fix it myself right I can't go into a customer's house and do something that they can do themselves help them out as much as I can yeah, no, because that's you true. get repeat business from it in that last repair that you you also were giving Anthony called you out at, like advice around how to sort of load her washing machine and stuff yes. like that like that's that seems like a, a great kind of additional duty of care oh, kind of thing trust me I've, I've um oh, there we go <laughs> hello the spin doctor hi there um I'm just calling I've just been given a dishwasher that apparently was in good working order so that duty of care, it's counterintuitive, some might say, to sort of help people to look after their equipment because they'd need to call you out more times, in theory, if it went wrong no, more I, times. I, I see it the opposite. I see it as people go into their office and talk about what's just going on in their world and they hopefully will say, which is a lot of people will come back and give me feedback, is, um, oh, the spin doctor came round, he fixed my machine, but he also told me, did you know that if you did this? And then the fact that they've mentioned my name a few times... It's quite a memorable name. Yes. And people are just confident if they if that you know if that customer had any issues with anything else in the house, she'd call me back knowing that I'm honest and I'm gonna help her out as much as I can. I'm still getting paid for what I do. Yeah, I mean I guess that's the thing though, like it's hard to know who to trust in it if you're on the other side of this thing. Like you're great, but as you've kinda of alluded to earlier on, sometimes the big companies you can't trust. But also there's some people who maybe have just started tinkering around and then they're sort of advertising themselves as a That's right. As a mechanic but they're not. Exactly, yeah? exactly. I try and make my customers feel as at ease with me in their house. I, I I'm like a robot. My, my job is very repetitive. I have the same conversation about a washing machine pretty much in every house I go to. <laughs> but, you know, it can be intimidating for some people who have a tradesman walk into their house. And I'm trying to... I try to completely step away from the whole put the kettle on, love. You know, that kind of... Let me get on with my job. Right. You know, do you mind leaving me alone for a minute? I always actually get them involved in what I'm doing. So if I have to change a part, I'll say to them, this is the part that's broken. I'll show them the old one and then show them the new one if I need to I'll meter out say it's a heater that's blown I'll show them that it's open circuit and I'll show them what the resistance of a new heater should be so then they're confident that they're paying for a service that they should be paying right. rather than oh a guy came around fixed my machine I don't know what he did but he charged me 150 quid right. you know I never charge more than 75 pounds right. and the amount of customers that I go and see after paying a big company 150 pounds for something and I'll go there and I'll be like why on earth did they change this part I didn't need it it was just a blockage or it was a broken wire or you know that happens a lot right I mean and I guess you know I, people aren't that aware that you can even get repairs done that are affordable for them that's right most people a lot of people think my washing machine stopped draining I'll go and buy a new one not realising that for £45 I can give it a service and repair it and it will go on for another five years. What you were doing then was helping them to maintain their appliances to prevent failures. I mean, do people seem to want to know that stuff? Yes. I mean, of course, of course, because they've spent four or £500 on the appliance. They want it to last as long as possible. But a lot of my customers 
couldn't care about what what I do, what parts I change. They just want that machine fixed. Yeah. And I can say to some people, oh, by the way, if you did this and this, you wouldn't have to call me out. And they'd be like, oh, I don't care. I just want it fixed. Wow. I've got a busy life. I don't care. I've got five kids. Yeah, yeah, I run a company. Enough. You know, enough, so yeah, yeah there's, there's two sides, I guess. You know, no, no house is the same. So when, when you go in there watching you, you're kind of a bit like a doctor. Like you're, you're like looking at the mechanics of it and you're well, like... spin doctor. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. Exactly. You, you've chosen your, your name yes. well. But you're also like a good doctor rather than a bad doctor because when you go into a doctor and they don't tell you what they're doing and yeah. you, you don't know what they're... You feel very disempowered and scared and you, ha- you, you need that doctor and you're kind of in a similar position but you're doing really good kind of patient care, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I try and interact with my customers... As soon as I walk into a kitchen, I, I know, because I've done it for so many years, I know exactly what to check and when to check it. So the first thing I did when I went into that house, she said it's noisy on spin. The first thing I did was put two heavy towels in, make them wet, and then spin the machine. Right. A lot of guys would have gone in and gone, nothing wrong with that, love. Give, <laughs> give me my call-out charge and, and left. Right. You know, I, I, I want to make 100% sure... I'm not going to have to go back to that house right? because it's a waste of everybody's time. Yeah, I mean, I was super impressed. And, and also, like, I feel like I learned a little bit about washing machines just watching you work. You can see that you're very methodical about it. You take your time. You look at the different ways that it's being. And you can see you're going through a kind of pattern that you're used to. Yeah. Like you say, you're kind of like, you, you know your way around a washing machine very clearly. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I've been doing it since I was uh, 16. So, yeah, yeah. I've done one or two. <laughs> right. <laughs> So our next one is a washing machine not spinning. If a washing machine doesn't spin, it's going to be down to two things. A, it's not draining the water. If it doesn't drain out the water completely, it will not go into a spin because if it did, the water would flow out the top of the soap dispenser because it would have to push it out from somewhere. Right. So it's either it's not draining properly or there could be that it's not spinning at all, i.e. there's a problem with the motor and the problem? So I, I think it's, it's not draining properly. Right, large towel and a bowl, please, sir. Okay. The first thing I check is where the drain hose goes to. Check it's not blocked there first. Because if it is, that's the quickest thing to check. Interesting drain hose for your dishwasher. Okay. It's one of those old clear ones. But... Did you clean the filter? So, yeah. Well, so Steve lifted it up so it's leaning back. This time the towel is being used underneath the uh, washing machine. And he's draining out some water into, a, into the bowl underneath. Not just water, something grey, black, sort of mucky looking. sparking yeah that's the motor brushes that's why it's not been spinning it is draining perfectly but the brushes are on literally got the tiniest bit left basically this washing machine here is the best washing machine ever made by a mile i wish to god they still make it so it's a bosch classic yeah, bosch classic six. six indestructible every part for this there's not a part that's more expensive than 30 quid they're just indestructible okay 
if I'd had a, an aircraft hangar, I would have bought hundreds of them up until last year. You, couldn't, like, you can't get them anymore. So it's going in underneath with some screwdrivers and pliers. It's in the motor block, so it's not live. <laughs> I have a volt stick here. This is a torch and a volt stick. So I know that it's all dead. I'm not going to get electrocuted. These are your brushes. Oh, wow. They look... And they're, they're virtually gone. I'll get a new set of my van. They're little things with springs. They gradually wear down over okay. the years. Like I'm going to return home today with a much better understanding of any washing machine than I've ever had before. Oh wow, that's much bigger, so yeah. I can see how it's worn down loads. Because the smaller they get, the less spring resistance you get on the motor, so they don't connect. So you get that sort of sparking. And if it doesn't turn, it won't drain or do anything. Do you want me to change the seal? They're £30. I'm not paying for it anyway. Oh, so the landlord paying? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, I might as well change it then, yeah. because um, he'll want it He'll want it to keep going for as long as possible. Great, I'll go and grab one. <laughs> so you're changing the door seal now yeah, as well? Yeah, because... we change the door seal because this one here has gone very stiff and it's mouldy. Because of where the mould is, when you pull your clothes out, you're going to, if you pull whites out, you're going to get black marks all over them. Right. And also, where it's gone rock hard at the bottom, that is going to split. So you've got a lot of spares with you. Oh, I have, to, I have a, a memory bank of parts I use. I've got probably 50 different oven elements, 40 different door seals, motor brushes for every wash machine that's ever been made, door locks. I've got thousands of parts. So I have to remember, when I get home this evening, I have to go through my jobs, remember what parts I've fitted, reorder them. Because I don't do going to a house and not having the part. Right. Because that's a waste of everybody's time. And I noticed that you, you, you use your knees a lot when you're pushing them back in. Is, is there pads I've on got them? massive knee pads in here. Yeah. Oh, these, these trousers are a game changer. Absolute game changer. Yeah, these, this is like, these pads have millions of balls inside. And it's like I'm, it's like I'm kneeling on a do, like on a on a mattress. Yeah, when I first started, these things didn't exist. Everyone had housemaid's knee. Everyone did my job, like walking around like a cowboy, like bend their knees. Right, and it seems really helpful to use your knees when you're pushing them back in as well. I don't know if I'd have yeah, thought, yeah. thought no, that, but you why your, you do it? If so I use your knee, if I use my knee without a pad, I'd put a dent in the washing machine. Yeah. So I you see. definitely don't want to be doing that. Right. Right, that makes sense. But certainly it saves on your back. Yes, absolutely. Because like, I'm sure you're pushing... Yeah. I've pushed washing machines with my back before and I've not enjoyed the experience. So you can seal the mould wow. in there. Yes, that's one of those things where the, the signs on the outside reveals a, a massive internal problem. Yeah. Well, you notice that your clothes are coming out with horrible, like, sort of streaky marks on them. Right. Because the, the clothes are going around and rubbing on here. Right. And so especially with, with something white... And you're, you've put washing up liquid around that to help you to. Oh, you never, ever, ever, ever get a door seal on without washing up liquid around the inside. It's pretty much impossible. So I'm just cleaning up the glass. I'm just cleaning up the door glass because there's a lot of scale there. And if you get a lot of scale build up here, it can leak. It doesn't seal on the, on the rubber correctly. Water test it. Always water test it. And another thing we do when we've done anything electrical is we're checking there's no earth on the machine. 
So if there's an earth fault on the machine and this flashed up red or blue, danger zone, something's not right. Uh, and you test and you test and you double test. I'm yes. really impressed by that. Always. I, mean, I guess, you know, there's a danger that well, some, well, some people just come in, do exactly. the job, think they've done it, just leave without checking. I've got ten jobs booked in today. If I get a call in two hours' time and say it's not, you've not fixed it, you have to go back, I'm then in trouble. Right. Because, and also the customers had to wait in again. What's it? What's, what do the carpenters say? Measure twice, cut once. Right. I test twice. Only go to a visit once. Right, right, right. So we'll wait for that. That should, in about 30 seconds, start spinning. Uh, yes, it is. It is going round. Now it will sound high pitched for the first few washes because the brushes are better to bed in to the motor. Ah, right, okay. Which is what people can hear now. Yeah. Out of your way. On next week's episode, we'll carry on from where today's episode leaves off as I continue to travel around South London with Steve in his van and we go and visit a house which has a faulty dishwasher. And he shares his top tips for appliance maintenance. He tells some funny stories about the stuff he's pulled out of washing machines. He rants about the shockingly bad quality of new appliances and he gives policymakers some ideas about how how to boost the appliance repair sector and create more jobs. There's such a strong sense of ethics underpinning Steve's work. No, not the Protestant work ethic exactly. It's more like a golden rule to treat customers as he would like to be treated, which is good for the environment, it's good for the people that he deals with, but it's also simply good business. I really loved meeting Steve and getting a glimpse into what his working life is like. And he's a really great guy and I really enjoyed just getting to know him on a personal level. I was so impressed by the way he is in a house, the way he relates to the machines, the way he knows his job so well. It's rare, I think, in my life that I've seen someone do a job with so much skill and experience and care for both the machines and for the people that he engages with. And whilst he works doing what he loves and he does that really naturally, there are no givens in his work. The landscape of small businesses, freelance businesses, appliance repair in general. None of it is static. It's all changing, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. And hopefully, with more people like Steve, we can keep pushing it towards better changes, which help us to make better and more sustainable choices about what we do with our appliances. 
Restart Radio is both a podcast and a weekly show that goes out at 1.30 on Tuesdays on Resonance 104.4 FM, repeated on Thursdays at 11am. As with all episodes of Restart Radio, we'll include links with background information to all of the issues and stories discussed over at therestartproject.org. The music that you've heard in today's episode was made with lasers and repurposed electronics and is a collaboration between Opto Noise and Cassini Sound. Today's restart party is over, so it's time to pack up the equipment and say goodbye to each other. Goodbye, everybody. 